Hell yeah. All right. I, I was actually, I got that from our blended Spotify playlist. That was a song you apparently had been cranking. So uh, I just, I don't know. I, I like it. It's a good one. Hell yeah. Um, I play basketball to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am sure you do. Uh, so I'm, so I, I, I'm sure I brought up basketball on the podcast, like somewhat. I tend to cut it because I just ramble yeah. on and on. Um, but I am probably what the kids would consider an old head out there on the court. <laughs> I use the backboard. I got and one shorts. <laughs> I'm out there trying to do shit. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do and one mixtape type shit. <laughs> All right. Pouch is already gone. Already fell All out of right. my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm using the backboard. I'm doing layups. I'm, I'm, you know, listening to that and playing yeah, basketball. That, that's so. awesome. I'm just, I, I think it's so funny that you've discovered a, a passion for basketball this, uh, at this juncture in life. I was actually talking to one of my friends at work about you because uh, we, randomly enough, we were talking about like a one of the high schools near my house, and I was like, oh yeah, I think there's a basketball court there, and he was like okay i was like wait let me explain uh my buddy eli has this app on his phone where you can find nearby like public basketball courts yeah (laughs) it was really weird (laughs) yeah he's like once again okay yeah pretty much and then he was like no but you don't know him (laughs) and then he was like wait i thought you weren't allowed within 500 feet of a school i was like yeah that's why we didn't go uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, fortunately, there's there, the app did not include that information. I'm surprised there is an app like that because most public uh, basketball courts, I feel like, are middle schools. So it's like pedophiles could easily get on there and be like, oh, I wonder if there's a school near me. <laughs> you know what? Sure, dude. I didn't uh, even think about that. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to find out where the public park or middle school is, find a basketball court. court. <laughs> All right, as long as everybody's taking notes here. Uh... <laughs> I may cut that out. It's too incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Vinyl Frontier. We are in the weirdest state of limbo ever, so I have no idea if anyone will hear this, let alone if it will record correctly or what episode this is. So Yeah, this might come out in November. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we really we really have no idea, man. It's uh Scotty uh just really dropping the ball lately. Really dropping the ball. Uh he wanted to well, you you told me that apparently he uh he needed to he's 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 a union boy he's a part of the actors guild yeah he's part of the actors guild and the writers guild and as you all know he's they're striking right now so um since he writes most of our jokes um he's striking so we have that's why we haven't podcasted we just haven't had any good jokes uh so i know we give scotty a lot of shit but god damn we miss him so if there's a void in this episode uh a lack of humor it's because scotty's striking right now man we don't know what to do without him um I mean, we're not going to pay him, so there's that. So, well, yeah, I was going to say I probably should give him a call because we don't pay him. So, <laughs> that's why he's striking, man. He <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, okay. <laughs> Damn it. He figured it out. I. I mean, I guess I give him beef jerky a lot for his compensation. Yeah, he does love that. Yeah, it's <laughs> Scotty's room is just like bases and fucking empty <laughs> bags of beef jerky <laughs> and mountain dew he he, he drinks mountain dew 100 percent. Oh, scotty is a mountain dew boy definitely yeah <laughs> all right well we miss you scotty get uh uh fight for the use of a 
are they still on strike because companies are just refusing to not use AI? Oh no, they're they're on strike because they're not getting paid enough money. Um, because oh, it's basically okay. the streaming companies are really sketchy about like uh, revealing their stats and stuff. Like it, because everybody uses like Netflix and Hulu and HBO, all of those streaming companies don't legally have a right to share what their streaming numbers are so they're basically paying these like writers and stuff kind of like the bare minimum not like royalties because they don't have to disclose how much royalties they deserve so they they pay writers like hey here's a thousand dollars for a month of work and then they're like okay we're, we're gonna take all of the royalties and stuff and not tell you they even exist so that's oh. from what i've heard that's the gist <laughs> Damn, I mean that is pretty fucked up. That it is pretty is fucked, fucked up. up. I thought it was all over AI. No, I I, I don't think it is. I, I don't I don't really. I, I'm 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 I might be wrong, but I don't think any of this is over AI. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Because I'm like, why would they use AI? It's not good yet. Yeah. Why are they like? Well, I think AI got brought but... into the conversation because I think maybe some companies were like, well, hey, fucking AI can write this stuff. Why do we need to pay you guys? <laughs> right, right. And then they were like, Barbie movie, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I watched um, the new, uh, uh, I-, I watched Asteroid City last night, Wes Anderson's new movie. And oh, God, yeah. it's brutal. <laughs> like brutally not good? Brutally not good. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I should prep you. I haven't. Yeah, even I don't like Wes Anderson. I don't think I've seen a single Wes Anderson movie, but I thought I'd start with that one because it's like about space and 50s and retro future shit, which I love. And oh. apparently after I watched it, I read all sorts of reviews. It was like, yeah, this is Wes Anderson's most Wes Anderson movie. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> it's uh, pretentious. <laughs> For sure. Dude, you are uh, you're hitting me with so much information right now. You've never seen a Wes Anderson. Movie. I don't Royal, think I have. Never Royal seen Tenenbaums. Nope. You've never seen the Royal I've, Tenenbaums. You know what? I think I sat down to watch it, and after like ten minutes, I was like, "Yeah, oh, this is kind of boring. It's kind of weird." <laughs> wow. I'm. God. I mean, that's my favorite one. I mean, he has. I think he actually has made better movies. That's I'm. I'm seeing a whole different side of you. Well, in all fairness, I did see a Facebook post by someone who may or may not listen to the podcast. Uh, so I will. You know what? I'm not going to say it at all, actually, because it's kind of mean. So you know what? Let's move on. Basically, okay. <laughs> someone insinuate like someone was like, they call. They, <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I'm going to give it away, and I just don't want to. I don't want to pick on anybody. That's not okay. cool. But uh, there is a level of pretentiousness around Wes Anderson, and I've I've fallen victim to it because I'm I like Wes Anderson, um, but there is a level of pretentiousness to being a Wes Anderson fan. And basically, somebody kind of did that. They did a very yeah. Wes Anderson fan thing, and yeah. I was like, okay, slow your roll. He's not. Kubrick, all right. right, let it let it go. <laughs> well, so I'm not going to give anything away because this happens within the first few minutes of the movie. But essentially, Asteroid City is like trying to be meta too because it's a movie within a movie. It's like every like everything that's happening in like the A plot, you know, from the very first minute is like fiction because these are all actors. Um, so I guess if you zoom out a little bit, the movie is about these actors making a movie. I, I, I still don't fully understand. 
<laughs> and that's what maybe, I think is pretentious about it. It's like, hey, yeah, we're maybe make it's a movie not, about making a movie. <laughs> maybe it's not pretentious. Maybe you're just dumb. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, anywho, I shouldn't have even brought that up down that rabbit hole. This is a music podcast, not a Wes Anderson podcast, obviously. True. Yeah. Uh, we are a podcast, but it's about music and also tangents. So yeah. <laughs> um, you do have to strap in for that. But, uh, well, let's get this show on the road, Mitch. Mitch. Mitch, Mitch. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, you should open a sandwich shop and call it uh, uh, Mitch Witch. Mitch Witch. I like it. Yeah. Kind of kind of <laughs> like the one place. What, what's that one place called? Witch uh, Witch. Witch. Yeah, that's the same. Witch Witch. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could just open one across the street called Mitch Witch. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, you got a beer? What you drinking? Oh, yeah, I do. Thought you'd never ask. Um, I am trying out this new... Um, yeah, I'm a Ryan Guys fanboy. I'll try everything that they put there out. There we go. This is a new one I haven't had yet. It's uh, called their Lawn Chair Hot Rod Tropical Lager. Oh. Um, so I was pretty excited about that. It says... Cheers to going nowhere fast. If relaxing in the summer sun is where you want to go, this easy drinking, free wheel and tropical lager will get you there on the double. Lawn chair hot rod is bright, crisp, and refreshing. Hurry up and stay right there. Good vibes are coming your way. Okay. Ryan Guys Incorporated. Hello. We got <laughs> We gotta hire the guy that writes the shit on the side of those fucking cans, man. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> I think he can make anything sound good. He's, or he, she he's on strike. they tried to replace me with ai um well take a take a take a sip of that i want to know how it are you letting it settle (laughs) i completely Completely fucked up the pour you're gonna be so mad at me all right let's talk about my beer while we let let mitch figure out his shit uh i'm just drinking a rolling rock mine's not very impressive let's read the side of the rolling rock can yeah (laughs) also full disclosure i had about six of these last night (laughs) um so i really don't want to drink one but it's the podcast uh yeah let's read the side of the can here to honor the tradition of this great brand we quote from the original pledge of quality from the glass line tanks of old latrobe i think so okay we tender this premium beer for your enjoyment as a tribute to your good taste it comes from the mountain springs to you 33 i don't i'm not sure why it's there's just a 33 in quotations at the bottom of the can interesting yeah i'm not sure but as you were saying that i realized i drink too much rolling rock because i almost knew what you were gonna say (laughs) verbatim i was like oh yeah old latrobe (laughs) glass line tank yep so familiar (laughs) (laughs) that's that's pretty funny but uh i like that they complimented me for picking the beer. That's a pretty decent You like you like when your beer company does that. Yeah, like <laughs> you made a great decision. <laughs> right. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh you may have fucked up everything else in your life. <laughs> yeah, which is probably why you're buying Rolling Rock, but cheers to you, man. Uh this is a four point four percent alcoholic beverage. I never knew actually how much was the percentage on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's I mean, I think that's high. I don't for a for a lager, I, aren't they usually around three, four? Uh, five is kind of a standard for almost any beer. Okay, uh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, the the lowest one I know is Bud Light, which I don't even. I think it's like three point nine. Okay, yeah, I, I gotcha. think that's like one of the lowest alcohol 
uh, beers on the market, I think. Gotcha. Well, we don't have a beer podcast either, so. <laughs> ah, yeah, we never really know what we're talking about, do we? No. <laughs> um, well, how's the uh, tropical lawn chair? <laughs> um, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it, it sorted itself out. You're, I mean, that will, I give you a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, when you pour a beer, it does just kind of figure itself out. That's not yeah. a big deal. Um, that's really good, actually. Yeah. Is um, it tropical? Yeah, it is tropical. It's kind of like pineapple y and citrusy, but also at the end of the day, like, I, I was intrigued to try it because it's a lager. So most of these, like, tropical, like, beers like that are going to be IPAs and, like, you know, yeah, very yeah. hoppy. This one is very smooth. It tastes kind of like a citrusy IPA, but not near as, like, punch you in the face with hops. Um, so I like that a lot about it. I feel yep. like I could drink this one all day. So they were right on with the name Lawn Chair Hot Rod. This makes me want to sit back in a lawn chair in my yard and drink about a dozen of these. Awesome. That seal of approval. <laughs> yep. I wish I had a sound effect for like... <laughs> Midget seal of approval. We should totally do that. <laughs> Midget seal, seal of approval. Okay. I forgot. I hadn't done this. We haven't done this in a while. I kind of forgot how to do things. All right. So that's the swing effect i'll i'll come back and find that <laughs> Put that. Yeah. <laughs> uh trying to make the podcast dumber every episode <laughs> um all right man well yes correct uh we're not a basketball podcast we're not a wes anderson podcast we're not a beer <laughs> podcast we are a music podcast yeah. we get on with it <laughs> let's talk about music so today Mitch, one of the rare times I came up with an idea for an episode, and I think it's kind of a good one. I'm excited about this one. Actually, you know what? Credit where credit's due. I'm going to give credit to my wife for inspiring me to come up with this idea because she was interested in a documentary um, that's out. You may have heard of this. I'm not sure. Um, haven't watched it yet, which is funny, <laughs> but I will and hopefully come up with some more ideas for episodes. Uh, po- a documentary coming out called uh, Squaring the Circle. And it is about these guys. Uh, I don't know much about it. It's about these two guys that in the 70s basically designed most of the famous album covers from the 70s. Oh, they that's did awesome. dark Yeah, they did Dark Side. They did Animals. They did um Wish You Were Here. They did a lot of Floyd. Mm-hmm. Wish You Were Here. <laughs> um they did uh Led Zeppelin 2 with the kids. The really naked kids, the really creepy one on the rocks. Oh, um, was that one or two? I think two? that's isn't that Houses of the Holy. Uh, I'm realizing I don't know as much about Led Zeppelin than I thought. <laughs> I thought I thought I literally. Oh yeah, they they named their because their first three albums are one two three. Yeah, it's houses. Yeah, it is Houses of the Holy. You're right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that one, uh, they did. I think they did the one for. Michael Jackson's album that was not Thriller, but the one that had Smooth Criminal on it. I don't remember which album that is. Ooh, I don't know. But it, um, is it like Bad or Off the Wall? Something. I I only watched the trailer, so I may be wrong. Never mind. Moving on. He also <laughs> did uh, Wings, Band on the Run. They did that one. Oh, nice. Uh, they did uh, some for The Who. Uh oh they did Peter Gabriel's uh car album that which is my favorite Peter Gabriel album and the car album they did that which is a really good album cover all this to say I'm going to check out the documentary 
and see how it is. It looked really interesting. Um, I and I, it made me go, you know what? Album covers. That is something we haven't really talked about. Yeah. And I said instead of talking about the best album covers, why don't we talk about the ones that we think are underappreciated album covers? So not really anything to do with the album per se. That's not how I picked mine. I just mm-hmm. picked album covers that were solid that when I hear people talk about a band or talk about the album, they don't mention the album cover. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like Dark Side of the Moon has probably the most iconic album cover of all time, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think anything's... Oh, I agree. Yeah. N- Nirvana's Nevermind, I think, is close. Mm-hmm. Just because when you see that, you know exactly what it is. But I also think that Dark Side is so good because it's like the iconography of it. Like, it's just that... It's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like Nevermind's Naked Baby isn't really a symbol. Right. Yeah. I mean, just the fact, just the fact that I bet there are millions of that little triangle tattoo out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm sure no one has a Naked Baby tattoo. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I would hope not at the very least. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just got me thinking. I was like, you know what? Let's talk about ones that we really that we really think are underappreciated that we should talk about more. So I guess I did pick kind of good albums because, you know, you talk about the band, you talk about the artist, you talk about the album, but they don't really talk about these album covers, and they yeah. should because the album cover is awesome. Um, so yeah, um, so we we have picked out a few. Um, I do want to start out. Let, let's maybe start here. To set a baseline, what do you think makes an album cover good? Because it seems like a delicate science and art all at the same time. Like, you know, it's got to pop. It's got to grab your attention. You got to, like, be drawn to it. What What do you think really makes an album cover good in the first place? Yeah, that's a tough one because some of my favorite album covers are very, like, they have a lot going on. They're very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them, are, some of my favorite ones are like super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't normally like the ones that are like so simple. It's like nothing like the the Beatles White Album. And to be honest, the Foo Fighters new album that's literally just white. I think it's a cool idea, but it's also like, okay, well, that's not really an album cover then. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do. I do kind of have to agree with you there. I think my uh, Metallica's Black Album. Yeah. Which I'm still not convinced that the snake has been there the whole fucking time. I agree. <laughs> when I bought it, it didn't have a fucking snake. So I don't, I feel like someone's lying to me. Yeah. Because now there's a snake on it. Conspiracy theory. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of my point. Like, I, I just, I don't, it, it, that's, you actually, you said it really well. It's like the really intricate album covers can be really awesome, but also a good, simple Dark Side of the Moon style album cover is it, it's ah, it's like ah that's wow it's just how do you even get better than that so yeah it's, totally and sometimes it can be even as simple as like a picture of the the artist like sometimes that's really iconic um sometimes yeah. it's boring like it de- i think it depends on the photography um their expression on their face um if, if there's a story behind it um yeah yeah yeah, it's it just seems like this weird thing of just, man, how do you get it right? And then how do you get it wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it, yeah, it's just it's a wild concept to me. It's something overlooked. I think in the vinyl sphere, people talk about album covers more. I haven't seen any newer albums like in the past. I'm talking just like the past couple years. 
it, it's I kind of feel like we gave up a little bit, right? I've not seen any newer album covers that have really been like, that's really a fucking cool album cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, small, you know, bands that are a little bit less popular, but the mainstream artist, uh, I don't think give a shit. Yeah. Um, I just I I'm seeing a lot more boobies. Uh, you know, I think I saw an album cover of like Doja Cat or something. And I was like, I don't really know what we're doing here. This is that. <laughs> not making me want to buy the album because I have a sneaking suspicion it's probably not going to be very good. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't like Doja Cat. Um, no, I don't either. Yeah. But um, one of the first uh, categories I was going to talk about. So I kind of broke my list up into like uh, some, some big reasons why I like the album covers. And the first one I wanted to talk about was nudity. Oh, there okay. are some iconic album covers that feature full frontal nudity or like partial nudity that I just absolutely love. And not even like in a like perverted, like over, well, I'm not in even a perverted way. Okay. I like, <laughs> I like that artists kind of like had the balls and the humor to photograph that number one and number two, make it their album cover, especially albums dating back to like the sixties and stuff when people just weren't doing that. Um, True. I think it's cool. Like I, I, I don't know, maybe it's partly pervy, but I like to collect those albums that feature nudity just because it's like, not, it's funny. Like, <laughs> um, like for example, like the Hendrix, uh, the original version of Electric Ladyland had like nineteen just different nineteen naked women on the front of it. I think that's incredible. Hendrix actually didn't like it. Um, one of my favorites that I pulled out that I want to show you is um, Funkadelic. Free your mind and your ass will follow. This is one of my favorite album covers of all time because the front of it just has this girl and she's kind of like looking up. Right. Um, and then if you turn the album over, here is the back of it. It's like the rest of the picture. So the set front says free your mind and it's got this lady. And then on the back, it says and your ass will follow. And it literally has her, has ass. her ass. So I that think one's that's clever. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that one's clever because I I was gonna say the only reason why I'm not a huge fan of nudity on album covers is is, is I find it a little like sophomoric, and yeah, not that, that funny because <laughs> I'm just like oh, okay cool like here's my dick dude like, <laughs> thanks dude, um, but that one's clever I enjoy how that one. Is, is there's a theme to it. I dig that. Yeah. And also part of it, I think is the rarity of it. Like there are these like folklore of like albums that featured nudity that, uh, they had to change the album cover on like, well, like the Hendrix electric Ladyland. like that's not the, if you were to buy a newer reissue of the album, that's not the album cover. Yeah, the same exactly. with like the strokes. Is this it? Um, it's got that kind of like blue and yellow splatter album cover, but the original one was just like a woman's ass from the side um right so i i, I think that part's kind of cool yeah i mean i think i do think there's a way that you could do it well like actually that funkadelic album actually is really cool i have a lot of respect for the people that do that like i the whoever whoever that woman is on this funkadelic album a lot of respect for her yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people have looked at her ass so <laughs> like sure. that is impressive for the the balls <laughs> to do that um, and it can be good. It's not that I'm like against it entirely, but it can be good. It's just sometimes it's a little bit like, yeah, it, it just feels like they're sitting around like, <sighs> what if we put her ass on the album? 
or my dick. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's that. I don't think they put that much thought into it. Yeah. You know, I think it's just like, let's put some boobs on it, dude. Like, <laughs> it just that feels like how the decision got made. And also, I don't know if you know, but uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono also have an album cover that is yes. both of them naked. Yes. And it's like, John Le- John Lennon, I almost said John Lennon, or legend, um, this legend of a man, you know, many people consider him like the Jesus of our, our generation, and here is his 50-year-old dong. <laughs> it's like, nobody wants to see that. Maybe like 20 years ago. <laughs> I could, I, and I just, I think that, you know, in that context, probably super pretentious because he's like, oh man, we're naked and vulnerable to the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, Shut up. Go back to bed, you two. Stop making shitty music. You broke up the Beatles. Anyways, um, okay. Uh, so, good category nudity. Um, well, I so I did mine very different. I don't have categories. So That's I okay. Don't, you don't have to have categories. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know where to start. Um, does this have nudity? Okay. I have one that I think is really underappreciated, and it does have slight nudity. Okay. Uh, I picked Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. Ooh, it's a good one. I think that yeah. this album cover is sick. Yeah, it is. I think it's just fucking incredible. Um, there's these two African ladies who are kind of nude. I think that's her butt. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, the back of this is sick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just crazy. Uh, it, it Just the imagery of this, I think, is really cool. And I think this actually... Um, really fits the album because this is uh basically this is somebody inventing fusion jazz which is fucking insane like miles davis and literally has invented like two or three jazz genres Mm -hmm. um so yeah i just and and i hear people talk about bitches brew miles davis i don't think they ever really talk about how fucking good this artwork is I, i i remember when i i bought this because i didn't know what it was I knew a little about Miles Davis, but like not that much. And I definitely did not know a whole lot about this album, but I just bought it because I just looked at it and I was like, this has to slap, right? Like there's no way this album is bad. Right. That's a good album cover. When you look at it and you go, that's a good album. And sure enough, this is probably top 10 albums for me. Great album. Actually, I'm going to play it today. I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So that's one for me. Um, why don't what what's okay? Let's do your next category. What's your next category you have? Okay, um, so another one of my favorite uh, categories is um, album covers of like landmarks or places that are kind of like non-recognizable except for the album artwork. Like for example, the the, the biggest one I'm going to use is. Um, well, there's two in my mind. So Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album uses just like two diff- two towers that are like in downtown Chicago. And um, it's just like if you live in Chicago, like you see that every day. But now the, because of the weird architecture in them, um, well, for me, like I don't want to speak for everyone, but um, when I went to Chicago, I was like, I really want to see that that those buildings from the uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album cover. Right, and it's like it's a normal fucking building, but it looks kind of cool, and it's from that from the album cover. Um, so I think if an album cover can draw tourists to your 
town. That's a big win. I think that's fucking awesome. Um, Mitch, dude, you're so smart. (laughs) These categories are fucking incredible. I would have never (laughs) in a million years put that category together, but you're so right because I want to say when Logan was in Chicago, uh, I think doing a show or something, and he sent me a picture of those buildings, and he was yeah. like, "Hey, I'm in Chicago," and I was like, "Oh, okay, fucking dope." And I hadn't talked to him in a long time because our, our numbers got fucked up, yeah. And that was how he, we reconnected. He was <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm in Chicago. Check out it's the Wilco thing." Um, that's awesome. So yeah, no, that's that's such a goddamn. It's my idea, Mitch. You're not supposed <laughs> to upstage me. It's fucking such a good category. The other one I want to talk about is um, Jay Dilla's album cover for Donuts had the Randy's Donuts on the album cover. One of the most, and I don't even know if this is underappreciated. I just want to talk about it. It is so fucking cool that I think he might have been the first one to use it in kind of like a pop culture like medium. And now it's a pop culture iconic place. Randy's Donuts is still a donut shop that's still open in Inglewood, California. And when I went to L.A., I went out of my way. I I made Erica drive like 45 minutes out of our way because I was like, I got to go to Randy's Donuts. Donuts. I got to see it in person because he kind of kicked off this thing um, that, you know, it's been used in Marvel movies, like commercials. Like it's an iconic place now. And it's a random donut shop kind of in the ghetto in L.A. (laughs) Uh, And I just think it's such a cool, such a cool picture. So It's it's a cool building. Yeah, I 100% agree. That is a really solid pick. And I do want to, I think I would call it underappreciated because people talk about Jay Dilla and and don't really talk about that album cover in particular. Like, you know, I I think it's underappreciated. I think it's a cool move. I almost want to say that Marvel, oh, it's been so many years because it's in that Iron Man movie, but I kind of have a sneaking suspicion it's a nod to Jay Dilla because. I think they're playing like a hip hop beat in the score, which is not a typical Marvel score. I think they mm-hmm. have like some hip. I could be wrong. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, yeah. but I I think even then I was like, are they doing like a Jay Dillon odd, or is this just supposed to be for L.A. people? <laughs> yeah, could which, be. which well, is the better demographic? I'm not sure. I and I haven't seen it in a while either, if ever. But I think the um, I, I I I think I've heard that like in the end credits or something like. Tony Stark is like laying like in yeah. the donut. Yeah. So uh, that's such a such a badass Im- imagery. <laughs> it, yeah. So yeah, it's a Mar- Marvel. We'll give Marvel a tick. We'll yeah. we'll we'll <laughs> say it was a Jay Dillon nod just for the sake to make the movies better. I like it. Okay. Okay. Did you have any other for that category? Uh. Well. Um. Another one was like. Um, the Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique album cover is kind of iconic. Um, and again, it's not super underappreciated, but it's basically like a corner store in like downtown downtown Manhattan. And it's one of those things that's like, if you're a Beastie's Boys fan and you're ever in New York, you kind of like have to go to that al- that that uh, that corner. They literally renamed it Beastie Boys Square. Um, so just places like that. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good one. I wanted to look it up because I, I know the album. I don't really remember the album cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that one. Yeah. Yeah, true. I would I would probably go out on a limb and say I don't think this one is underappreciated. For but, sure. <laughs> but still a solid pick. I, once again, I think this is a really good category. This could have been an episode in itself, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's because there, I just, I was like, yeah, there's so many albums, but... <laughs> Um, or no, maybe it is underappreciated. I don't really remember 
the album cover very well. Uh, well, no, I get, I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner, I guess, on that. But, <laughs> but yeah. So no, that's solid. Um, all right, let me see what I want to do next. Um, Speaking of the Foo Fighters, ooh, I so there's one Foo Fighter album that is my absolute favorite Foo Fighter album, even though I don't think it's their best album. It is my person like I'm like this is my ride or die. If I never listen to any other Foo Fighter songs, I would only listen to this album, and. I think it has one of the sickest uh, album covers ever, and it inspired a fuck ton of tattoos, and that is There's Nothing I, Left to Lose. Yep, I knew you were going to say that, because I'm pretty sure you have that album cover like hanging in your room or something. I did, it, yeah, for a yeah. long time. I Yeah, <laughs> I did, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's just a great fucking Foo Fighter album. I actually kind of wish they would go back to the sound that they had on this. It's a little poppy, but I fuck with it. Um I mean, there's just such good... I know it's not about the songs, but the songs... I mean, there's just such fucking good songs on here. Yeah. And, um... But, yeah, no, I just love, like, the iconography of this. Um, a lot of people think that this is Dave Grohl. It's not. It's an Australian swimmer. Oh. Um, he got the tattoo, but this is not Dave Grohl. And, uh... Yeah, no, I just... It's simple, elegant, minimalist... And it inspired a lot of people to get tattoos. That's a good album cover. If people want to get a tattoo of yep. it, good album cover. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I, my, my criteria, it just feels awfully skewed compared to yours. <laughs> I'm like, make sure you want to get a tattoo, good album cover. <laughs> right. Put it on uh, there. But yeah. Well, not to get off on a total tangent, but is that like the Foo Fighters like official logo? Like the two Fs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much on anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's the back. I don't even know if the F's are backwards. How do you write an F in cursive? Oh, that's been years. <laughs> Other sidebar tangent. Boomers who get mad that they don't teach cursive in school anymore <laughs> might be the dumbest reason to ever get angry. When do you write in cursive? There's no need to write in cursive. There's no need to write cursive. Yeah. People, people will say, well, well if, you, if, you, if you ever write a check, last check I wrote, I did it in print. No one cares. Oh, you sh- <laughs> okay, you shouldn't do that. Uh, wait, because you could cut. My grandpa did always used to say, if you're sloppy, they can't copy. <laughs> so I have a very sloppy signature, but it's my signature, so yeah, I can pick too. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't. I feel like we're just giving away your social security number at this point. <laughs> Mish prints on his checks. Well, I signed my name. I do. I print the. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, it's fucking useless. Maybe that's the only reason you might slightly need cursive is for a signature. Yeah. <laughs> so stop being mad about that. I don't even understand that. Um, but yeah, I think this is their official logo. But yeah, good good band logo. I'm not a fan of bands who have logos, typically. Solid one, though. Just FF. Yeah, FF. I like it. Keep it small. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Don't bore us. Get to the <laughs> chorus. Dave Grohl. <laughs> All right. What's a what's another category you got, bitch? Okay. So the next one I want to talk about is um, similar to the nudity. I just want to talk about, like, graphic, grueling imagery. Um... Dude, you are, you are <laughs> out of pocket on these categories, but I fucking love it. The first one I have prepared, let me find it. Okay. 
Okay, here it is. All right. I think this one's gonna. I think this one's gonna surprise you, because we've talked about, and I'm not a huge fan of this band, but this is one of the best album covers I've ever seen. Oh yeah, <laughs> Metallica, Master of Puppets. Um, it's got these two red hands that are like kind of up in the top that you can barely see. There's a whole bunch of like uh, cross like graves. Um, it's just metal, man. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, in the middle of what looks to be like a cornfield or. I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I great pick. Um, I will be honest, not underappreciated. That's uh, fair. It, it's probably one of the more iconic ones. Uh, my grab the album again, real quick though. Yeah. So, thirteen-year-old Eli, look at the front for me. You look yeah, at the front. For sure. Okay, thirteen-year-old okay. Eli sees this in a store. Wow, that's fucking cool. Flip it over. Oh, they're <laughs> ugly. They're so ugly. I got mom. <laughs> That is, That's how, true. that is how I became a Metallica fan. And that <laughs> album in particular. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no, great pick. I mean, God, that is such a fucking cool... You know, and honestly, Metallica, underappreciated for how many good album covers they have. Definitely. Kill All, that's a fucking sick cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning, I was going to say, is another great one. Great one. Master of Puppets, great one. Um, even their shitty albums, like St. Anger, good album cover. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it looks cool. Yeah. And I think even did they invent that like font with the like the almost kind of like lightning the Metallica logo? Like you see you see a lot of those tattoos too. Yes, very true, <laughs> very true. And I have seen a actually a decent number of Master of Puppets tattoos. Uh-huh. They'll do the gravestones or like Metallica and then do the gravestones or whatever. Um yeah, I mean that's like their font. That's their logo. I don't know if the band invented it though. That's a good question. I kind of need to figure that out. It'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hetfield writes it a lot, so I, he may have. Uh, James yeah. Hetfield is actually pretty artistic. I think he's actually really good at drawing. No, he actually is. He's very good at drawing. I think he. Yeah. I think he maybe at one point wanted to do tattoos. He has a very like um, I don't know what it's called, but that West Coast style of tattooing where it's very like mm-hmm. uh, Latin American influenced or whatever. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he's he he can draw that kind of shit so yeah uh, but yeah good one okay what else you got so in the graphic imagery um another one i want to talk about is nwa straight out of compton um i really like this album cover because for the time you know obviously besides the parental advisory sticker which um i we we never landed on if this was the first album or not to actually have that i've always heard that it was oh no um, it was no we no we figured it was two live crew who was two live crew or naughty by nature Wait, okay. is that the two live crew album, Naughty by Nature? I'm confused. I Naughty by Nature is a totally different band. Okay, that's where I got <laughs> shit. Was it two live? I I want it. I think in my brain, I always think it's Naughty by Nature. I don't think it is. I think it's two live crew that actually released the first album with it. Okay, gotcha. We, we did that whole ass episode and we never figured it out. I about, know. God well, damn. Well, there's. There's hot debates online, so I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What okay. I, I this I think this is the most badass like album cover because it's the entire group like staring down at you, almost like you're on the ground or in a grave. I don't know. But then Easy E's pointing a gun at you. Um, so that's badass. Also, I just put this together. Doesn't like the don't the Beatles have an album cover where they're all, they're all just kind of like looking down. I feel like I've seen this like shot before. 
Maybe not. I don't remember. I don't. I want to say I don't think so. But the Beatles are also confusing because, as you were kind of talking about with older bands, they would they they change the album covers. Yeah. So sometimes the first album cover that came out they don't do anymore. So I'm not sure about that part. Also. Not an album cover underappreciated. I feel like you're cheating. <laughs> okay, well, I got one that will be. The graphic slash grueling, and I don't actually own this one on vinyl, so you'll have to look it up. Okay. Um, Google The Roots, Things Fall Apart. I definitely do not. I don't even think I know that album cover, or that album at all, which is disappointing. The, the Roots might have maybe done too many albums. I, <laughs> They've done a lot. I don't. I can't even remember <laughs> half of them at this point. Oh, this one. Yeah. No, I've seen this album cover. Yeah. Good I'm sure pick. You have. Yeah. And I actually, yeah, really good pick because I do agree. Very underappreciated. That is real. That is fucking intense. It's. Well, I don't know. I, I'm planning on putting most of these. You kind of fucked me with the nudity category. <laughs> but most of the album covers on Facebook, so you have an idea. But it is, uh, yeah, it's it's just a picture of uh, from the, um, basically the civil rights movement. Just, you know, one of the riots. Just basically fucking police chasing down black people. Yep. Um, but it is very visceral. Very. God, this is a bummer. This one bummed me out, man. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bum you out. I just think it's a badass slash like perfect imagery to put on their album cover. Yeah, considering the context of the music. Exactly, and, and what a cool band music. to do. Yeah, like yeah. what a great like. It, I think if, uh, if certain bands could have done this, and it would have been bad, but yeah. because it's the Roots, they know what they're doing. It it works. I actually this might be your best pick. I think I'm gonna okay. Swings. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the sound <laughs> for the award. Do it again. Midget seal of approval. There it is. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna say this has been your best pick at least so far because it is underappreciated because I've seen it. I totally knew it. I just it didn't pop into my brain. Which tells me I at least underappreciate how good this album cover is. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right on. What about you? You got anything else? Uh, yeah. How many How many categories do you have total? I I really just have one more category. Okay. And a few albums. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna invent a category on the spot. All right. Albums that have more artwork than just the cover underappreciated what i mean by that is baroness's yellow and green album i know you don't know this at all (laughs) Um, not at all (laughs) i fuck with this band it's this really cool uh kind of has nudity she got boobies uh she is contemplating or threatening that she will cut this swan's head off which is fucking dope yeah. <laughs> um yeah really beautiful the lead singer of this band does the artwork um, oh that's awesome but to really hit my category you open it up this thing's thick it has a spine it's a book you open oh, nice. it up and there we go and then you flip a page there's pages underappreciated category pages yeah. on your album cover but you Definitely. go through and then basically <laughs> what it is there's the song lyrics on one page, and then he does like artwork for the song. Okay. For the whole album. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, uh, honestly, I don't think this is their best record. Um, <laughs> I think they have others that are better. Well, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little torn. It, this would get you into metal, I think. I think this might be one. The, so, it's it's two albums. It's yellow and green. One is definitely a lot heavier. One is a little bit softer. Very good guitarist. Also, they're sponsored by First Act, by the way. They play First Act guitars. Are you serious? Yeah. Dang. They have custom First Act <laughs> guitars, and they, they look awesome. Like so. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I just... Uh, I, I like... I bought this kind of because it was so epic, and there's all this artwork and all this stuff, and it, sometimes it's a gimmick, but I think if somebody in the band, like Baroness here, is actually like doing the artwork themselves, and they feel that it's important to include mm-hmm. artwork that they're creating collectively to be a part of the album, I think that's pretty cool. I think I think this takes a pretty creative-ass person to write this sludge metal music and then paint something hauntingly beautiful is the yeah. way I would describe actually Baroness. If I had to describe Baroness in two words, it would be hauntingly beautiful. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's underappreciated. A lot of people don't do that. And, you know, uh, as you know, musicians are more than that, you know, they're artists. And I think this mm-hmm. is a good example of that. So that's an underappreciated category for me. Yeah. Do- dope. I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what I'll do real quick since you only have one more category. I'll just do the last two I have really quickly because um, there's not that much to really say about them. I have the Satanic Satanist. Oh, I almost had that one. Yeah. I think it's underappreciated just as an album and just this artwork mm-hmm. I think is incredible. And Portugal the Band does have really good album covers. Not mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, they do. <laughs> not lately. <laughs> Their older album covers, I think, are really good. For um, sure. And speaking of people on the album cover, Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. Ah, okay. Yeah, nice. It's a good one. I just think it looks good. It's simple. I love these old, um, I was going to say Columbia style, but this ain't Columbia, but just these very simple album covers. Um, but obviously, they put some thought into it. He's kind of like fading into the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New category. I'm going to invent a category right now. <laughs> Albums that, when you listen to it, make you feel like the album cover. Okay, yeah. That's the, the definitely is it. <laughs> I, I would consider this the one and only, probably. But <laughs> I consider that. But that, that, that's pretty much all my albums that I picked out to just say, these are good album covers. People should talk about them more. And even though, like, you know, that Baroness album, not the biggest album in the world, very good mm-hmm. album covers. So... Those yeah. are those are pretty much all I picked out, at least out of my collection. Okay, yeah, right on. So I guess my last category that I wanted to talk about is I'm calling it comically low effort. Um, <laughs> Good category. So you know how I you know how I kind of talked about like you know the Beatles White Album is one right. of the worst album covers ever, but it's supposed to be iconic. There are other album covers that are kind of like um, borrowing that idea, where we're like we don't have to do anything. Most album covers, I would venture to say, is like, well, let's just put a fucking picture of the band, Weezer Blue Album. Right. Um, it's just a picture of the band, um, but it's iconic somehow. Yeah. Um, it's 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 weird, man. I I think uh, if you can do it well, if you have one little twist, I think that can completely make or break an album cover. Um, the one that I most wanted to talk about is um, the Black Keys Brothers. Ah, I also because yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say I never liked that album cover. I didn't like it at first, but once I bought it on vinyl. 
um and s- paid attention to all the like dumb like s- stuff that went into it um i think it's fantastic it, they, it's not only an album cover but it basically they came came up with this whole like marketing thing behind it um where how are they going to advertise the album how are they going to advertise the band um and actually patrick carney's brother um is the one that did all the album artwork and everything for it and it's very like straightforward so it says this is an album by the black keys the name of the album is brothers um literally describing everything on the album on the album it actually came with a poster that i have hanging in my room Uh it says uh it says this is a black keys poster it says it on the poster of the, that came with the album. And if you crack this open, they don't break away from that theme. The back of the album says, these are the names of the song on this album. These are the guys in the band. Um, okay. And then okay. if you look at the record, um, the album, the label says, this is an album by the Black Keys. The name of the album is Brothers. These are the names of the songs on side A. <laughs> this is a stereo recording. <laughs> Flip it around. These are the names of the songs on side B. I just think it's like, it's kind of dumb, but I they they did not stop doing that the entire... Right. <laughs> the entire... They, they completely made a weird marketing concept and stuck to it. And I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I can appreciate it a lot more knowing that it was a theme on everything for the artwork. Like, not just the cover and all that. That I didn't know, because I don't really listen to the Black Keys that much. Yeah. Unfortunately. I I get it. I don't... Yeah. I I mean, I don't... uh, Has their new album come out yet? Um, they had an album come out like uh, a couple years ago. Um, maybe it, it might have been last summer. Yeah, it was um, last summer. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the single they had, and then I just didn't hear anything else. So. Yeah, Dropout Boogie, that was the name of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, What else, do you have any others for that category? Um, yeah, so I mentioned like Black Keys Brothers. Um, another one that I... I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's underappreciated, but like the Sex Pistols, um, never mind the Bullocks, there's oh. the Sex Pistols. Yeah. It doesn't have any pictures on it, no band members. It just has this kind of cool font that says, here's the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Just shit like that, I think is cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's an interesting, uh, yeah, that's an interesting category. And I guess one more could fit under this category. I don't know if it's like low effort, but, you know, going back to just like pictures of the band, um, I also pulled out the White Stripes Elephant album. Yeah. Um, And I really like that not only does this album have a theme, but obviously the band has a theme, like the red and black theme. That's all they ever wear for their live shows. That's all they ever that that's the only colors they ever have on their album covers. Um, I just think that's kind of cool. And this is kind of like an iconic picture of them. So. Yeah, yeah, good pick. Good pick. I did not think about that one. I'm kind of surprised I didn't. I wanted to pick only for my collection, and I don't own that one, but yeah. that's that's a good pick. That is actually, that is a more modern, iconic album cover, I would say. Yeah. Like past 2000. Right. Uh, I would say it's <laughs> definitely one. But okay, all right, well, that's ours. Um, our underappreciated album artwork. Um, you know what? I don't normally do this. If you listen to this episode and you have a couple albums that you want to see, fucking, uh, fucking let us know. Send it to us or post on the Facebook under the post for the episode. I, you know, I want to see some. It's, it's, it's a cool thing, and you, I, I think you learn. There's something about like when you discover somebody's musical taste and what you kind of learn about them. But what's really cool is what people are into with art. 
I, I think that tells you a lot about a person because you could be totally surprised. You could be like that totally tracks. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's cool to see what really like is like makes that impression on people. Cause it's just art. It's just an image. There's no real thing happening other than you just looking at it. I think, I don't know. I think it's kind of intimate. So mm-hmm. if you want to let us know your underappreciated album covers and send us the pics. Cause I would yeah. like to see them. And that's one thing I love so much about vinyl is not to go on another tangent here, but like, especially back in the seventies and stuff when like vinyl was the preferred medium, like bands knew that when you buy the album, you're going to have this in your house. And they went out of their way to try to make the artwork look good. The jacket look good. They would include like, you know, liner notes, like, you know, here's some more about the song or here's all the lyrics and here's who played on the album. And I think that's kind of a lost art because on Spotify, you don't have anything physical or tangible. You're just kind of listen to music in the background but you know when you put on a record there's nothing to do except listen to that record so people would break out the liner notes and say yeah. oh okay i didn't know he played on this album so yeah no i agree yeah. i agree i mean that's why we're <laughs> you know part of this resurgent of people so my uh parents-in-law i don't know how to i don't know if that's the way that you would describe them but anyways my wife's parents uh for Christmas, they're they're very generous with their Christmas gifts. They basically just ask us if we want slash need anything. Well, we had a pretty shitty vinyl listening setup for a very long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were like, well, we would actually like to, you know, invest in a, a solid record player or a solid turntable. So they, <laughs> their reaction to that was fucking why (laughs) because they grew up with the shit and they're like the last thing i want to do is deal with a fucking vinyl record yeah which (laughs) made me just just made me laugh and you know kind of it kind of humbled me a bit it was like as much as i love vinyl and records and listening to music that way people who had to fucking lug the shit around for 20 (laughs) years are over it man yeah, that's true. They're, exactly. They're less impressed at this point in life. For sure. Yeah. And one of these days, I've this has been since we started the podcast, I've wanted to do an episode about like DJing. And if you hear about like DJs from the 70s and 80s that literally like singles, 12 inch singles is all they had to work with. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Because the more I like learn a bit and become proficient at DJing, I'm like, I couldn't do this if I didn't have software and a computer. Like, I, how the fuck? You're supposed to carry around, like, 100 records every, every time you go to a gig? No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I would be very excited to hear your DJ episode. Yeah. I uh, One of these days, I'll put in the, the uh, effort and the research. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. You're definitely listening to this during a very weird limbo period of the podcast, but we will find our footing and be back and uh, keep bullshitting about everything but music, apparently, for the first 20 minutes, and then we'll get around to it. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Scotty's not here to beam us up. Do you know how to fly the ship back to the main ship? I'm going to have... Well, Scotty's here. He's literally outside my window holding a picket fence. So, oh, he's or, just he's just out. Not a, a picket sign. <laughs> a picket <yeah>. fence. <laughs> he's, he's holding a fence. Anyway. He is kind of uh, stupid. That was a dumb joke. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll um, can you can you wave him down? Can you get him to do something for us? He said he won't, man. Oh, he, he said... Wait, he spoke through the spaceship? <laughs> no, his sign says <laughs> I won't do anything. <laughs> That motherfucker. It says fly it yourself, dumbass. <laughs> All right, we got to 
beep boop bop bop this shit. <laughs> There's a big red button. You want to try that? Yeah, it'll probably work. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. We'll be fine. We'll get it. 